0: Hello, America, and happy Monday morning. Yes, the start of a new week. And this is John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. You've been following us long enough to know what we're about. We're so grateful that you do that. Today is not our normal day. I know you're used to me talking to you on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I've decided that we should do a special edition again. We just did one on Friday with the great Tom Fitton at Judicial Watch. Today we've got another one wide because I'd like to take a slow walk through the extraordinarily bad reporting that the American news media has committed on the COVID crisis. Listen, COVID's a serious virus. There's 150,000 plus deaths or too many in America. We all agree with that. Uh, but some of the reporting on this crisis from the moment it started in January to this very past weekend, there has been enormous, enormous bad reporting, misleading reporting, politically motivated reporting, non-neutral facts uh, or non-neutral opinions masquerading as facts. Let me me say that right. It's not that the facts are wrong. Uh, Facts aren't aren't, uh, political. Only the people who write them are. I think that there's a lot to be had in this uh, uh, environment to look back at. I, I revere journalism. I think it's important. I still believe good comes from it when you practice it neutrally, honestly, factually, accurately, precisely, with balance with fairness. Uh, but I think you're gonna hear from a very special guest today. His name is Matt Margolis. You may not have heard of him before, uh, but he's a new author. He's got a great book out called Airborne that you do not wanna miss. And what is it? It's a factual analysis of what the news media got wrong. Now, he's normally an opinion writer. You're going to hear him throw the word liberal around to describe the media. He's entitled to that opinion. I'm I'm a guy that doesn't throw adjectives around that much. I'd, I'd rather just stick to the facts. But why this book is so important, why we're putting it for sale on the Just the News store, jtnshop.com, is because matt margolis did a good job getting us the facts he takes a story in the new york times a story on cnn and he walks the american public through why it was wrong why it was misleading all of the deceptive editing all the deceptive writing all the deceptive speak that occurs in these stories that misled us and tried to make donald trump the president uh, look bad when the facts didn't warrant it listen when the president makes a mistake when he misspeaks the news media should do its job and point it out. But in this case, in the coronavirus, when you know the real facts that Matt puts in his book, Airborne, you will understand just how many times the truth was hijacked by those who were entrusted to report the truth, the news media. This is a great book. We've all talked on this show time and time again about all the important news stories that were wrong on the Russia case. And they're now a litany of them. There's more than a dirty dozen. I think there's a dirty triple dozen. Uh, But Matt Margolis is going to walk us through 10 of the most egregious, dishonest, misleading, inaccurate, false, non-neutral journalism stories that were committed during the COVID-19 crisis. His book is a must-read. This conversation is a must-read. We're not going to do any monologue. We're not going to do any headlines today. We're just going to let the conversation between Matt Margolis and me resonate. These are facts. He'll put them on the table for you. You'll make up your own mind whether the American news media has done a good job or a bad job on COVID. Um, That's why we're doing this special edition today. Uh, If you want to get Matt's book, you go to Just the News store. It's jtnshop.com. We opened this store about three, four months ago. You guys have been buying great things. You can get uh, lobster and crab legs for your dinner table for the summer cookout. You can get the Clean Phone Pro that Sterilizes the germs off your cell phone every day. I use it every day. It's a part, the daily part of my routine. Lots of great items in the store. My book Fallout is there, and I know you all have been great, gracious enough to buy many, many, many copies of that. But Matt Margolis has got his book up there now, Airborne. You're gonna like it. You're gonna like this conversation. Why? Because yeah, he's an opinion writer. He writes for PJ Media, Pyjamas Media. But at the end of the day, what makes Matt's book so important. It's fact-based. He takes the stories and he shows you what was right and wrong about them and I think you walk away with a better understanding of how the American news media works today, how it works against us when it does bad journalism, and of course how it works for us when it commits good journalism. Uh, this is a conversation I think you'll enjoy. That's why we did a special edition on Monday. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. Please remember to support those great advertisers and sponsors you're about to hear from. They make all this possible. And when we come back, the author, Matt Margolis, the book Airborne, the topic, How the American News Media Misled the American Public During the Coronavirus Pandemic. We'll be right back. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? Minimum
1: $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply.
0: All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, the great writer from PJ Media. Uh, Matt Margolis is here. He has a new book, and I know this message is going to resonate with you because we spent a lot of time talking on this show about all the media mistakes, all the bad reporting uh, all the things that have not yet been corrected in the Russia collusion uh, delusion. And it turns out that Matt has taken some great reporting of his own and showed how uh, this happened on, cor- on the coronavirus pandemic. Matt, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. That's uh, a pleasure to have you. Let me give you the title of the book. You, if you haven't bought, ordered this book yet, I did. Get it off of Amazon. It is an amazing read. It is fast-moving and informative. The book is Earborne. I love that title. How the Liberal Media Weaponized the Coronavirus Against Donald Trump. Uh, Matt, this is a great book, and it's so timely because, oh, you know, there was a period in the summer where we thought, well, maybe this is ebbing a little bit, and then all the hysteria just came back again. Uh, tell us what uh, what your top line is in this book. What did you find that so concerns you about the the way the media covered this pandemic?
1: Well, you know, I think the uh, the big thing about this book is that uh, it explains how uh, right after the whole uh, impeachment business was over and, and the Russian narrative kind of fell apart. Uh, the media needed something to latch on to, and can, and it was convenient for them that the coronavirus happened, and they they found their their new story to kind of to to beat Trump with, and uh, so uh, uh, from the very beginning, uh, once uh, impeachment was over, they they went into high gear in wow. order to uh, present a narrative that that Trump had botched the response to the coronavirus. Mm.
0: So uh, another disinformation campaign, right?
1: oh absolutely this is this is probably the biggest disinformation campaign uh that we've seen in a long time i mean i mean obviously uh, probably since russia but probably, i mean this could be the biggest disinformation campaign probably had more impact uh, in I mean,
0: you've got a lot of people just scared out of their wits right now and you know obviously it's a bad virus we know that a uh, hundred thousand whatever hundred fifty thousand deaths is way too many deaths we don't like that but the hysteria goes b- way beyond the science and facts and um I I love, um, as as I'm reading through the book, and I haven't got all the way through it yet, I got partway through it already on my Kindle. I love it. Um, You you start to lay out these extraordinary reports that when you take them apart, they're entirely bogus. They're just like the Russia collusion story or the Ukraine uh, whistleblower story. There's just no truth to them. And so I think you've compiled a list of a 10 or a dozen of your favorite media hysteria wrong Actually, wrong reported stories. Could you give us a sampling of some of your favorites?
1: Uh, well, you know, I, I think probably one of the biggest ones is the uh, the the myth that Donald Trump called the coronavirus a hoax. Yeah. This is a myth that 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 continues to this day. I still hear people talking about it. You know, whether it's the media or or Democrats, you know, uh, Joe Biden, they all say. Donald Trump called it a hoax. He said absolutely no such thing. And uh, in, in this day and age, where everything is recorded, there's video of everything, there's right. transcripts. There's no excuse for this. No excuse whatsoever. He he basically what he actually said was that that the coronavirus just like. The, the fake uh, Russian collusion narrative w- was the Democrats' new hoax, this new fake thing that they were trying to uh, throw on him to make it out to be his problem that that he's responsible for. And it was the politicization specifically that, that he was talking about. Not but he the, wasn't not, talking
0: not, about that, the virus or the seriousness yeah, of it, right? Not,
1: not at all, and, and you know, at the time that he had that he was that he had made that comment during the rally. I mean, his administration had already been well underway de- uh, addressing the virus and, and and doing things that people weren't even aware of because they were so distracted by impeachment. Right.
0: Yeah. In fact, the Democrats were the early people saying, "Ah, don't worry about it." We had Nancy Pelosi out there saying, "Go to China, the China New Year celebrations. It's okay." You had Fauci say, "Go on a cruise if you're healthy, no problem. Don't wear a mask. You don't need to wear a mask." it turns out that actually the people who now are critical of the president were the ones that gave us a lot of the bad information in the beginning. Um, Talk about the decision. I love this part in the book because I think you really drill down in a way that I hadn't seen it done before. And I've gotten through this. The... uh, The president makes the very uh, fateful decision, and I say fateful because it probably saved a lot of lives, to shut down travel with China in January. And all of a sudden, people are calling him a xenophobe. Walk us through how the media has flip-flopped on that that event in, in late January, which really had a profound effect on probably slowing the spread of the virus early on in America.
1: Yeah, this is a pretty amazing story because of just the way, just exactly how the media and Democrats have flip-flopped on this. You know, uh, Trump banned travel with China very early. China was obviously the epicenter of the virus. It's where it started, and it exploded there. And his initial response at the end of January was to close travel with China and the response of the democrats in the media was oh he's a racist uh, he's xenophobic this is this is feeling anti-asian sentiment and uh you know it was just uh, it just was an endless stream of of accusations of racism you know joe biden himself called it xenophobic and he did you know uh, uh, but you know the, the problem was is that oh, uh, eventually it, there, there was this realization that this actually had worked there are experts that said this Actually, did work. It prevented a lot of deaths. Dr. Fauci even said it prevented us from becoming another Italy. And if we, and people should remember that Italy uh, totally did not have the coronavirus under control, and well, it was widespread there and and a total disaster. Uh, so you know. Donald Trump saved us from that there, there there's no other way to put it uh, but you know what happened next was that uh, over time you know we, we saw other countries uh, you know closing their borders and, and stopping travel and uh, you know so everyone's following suit you know the World Health Organization said that travel bans didn't work and they had to essentially reverse that and uh, you know Joe Biden eventually said that uh, he flipped well, what happened was he flip-flopped on it and said that you know Trump should have done it sooner <laughs> so, wow. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we're seeing here is that, you know, people like Joe Biden who's running for president to try to be to uh get Trump out of office is basically trying to take credit for a position that he did not have.
0: Yeah. In, well you see it on trade too. For that. He did that recently. Now he's for going to war with China on trade and fighting for the American worker, where for a decade Joe Biden was saying, China's not a threat to us. They're good guys. And um it is remarkable to watch him flip flop. You capture this in the book really, really well. Why is the media so, I don't know if the word's gullible, but why do they keep falling into this trap of reporting things that aren't accurate and then doubling down on it until the American people realize (laughs) we've been sold a a bad bill of goods? It's Russia, it's uh, Ukraine, it's COVID. We can probably find 10 others. But what's up with the media? Why Why are we so wrong right now?
1: Oh, I, I think what it comes down to is its ratings. You know, there was the that MSNBC producer who just left yeah. and basically said, MSNBC, M, MSNBC basically drives, everything is driven by ratings. Yep. And you know, their audience is an anti-Trump audience. And she even said that, you know, as soon as the pandemic happened, you know, their coverage was focused on that anti-Trump narrative and not the science. It was all about politics. And so what they do is they report on something, it gets widespread, and people start talking about it, repeating it as if it's true. And they correct it later, but no one talks about the correction. They only talk about the the story that wasn't true. And we've seen that time and time again. You know, it's like I said before, people still think that Trump called it a hoax. People still think that, uh, you know, Trump, I mean, there's all sorts of stories out there uh, where, you know, Trump said that he wanted praise from governors in exchange for federal assistance. That wasn't true. He didn't say that. You know, but those stories that get out there and people repeat it enough that it doesn't matter what was originally reported, it matters that people are still talking about it as if it was true.
0: Yeah. Once you create reality, what it, I don't know if it was P T Barnum. but someone said if you report something if you report something false ten times, people should begin to treat it as the truth and we live in this area of information warfare, where it seems now that uh, uh, reporting mistruths is, you know, intentional, certainly by politicians, uh, and the media seems to fall into it. Now, when we talk about this, you know, it's one thing when MSNBC does something because they obviously have a, a clear political bent, but what, what really has concerned me—I grew up, you know, reading all of the. The, the mainstream newspapers. I used to be a Jack, as a young kid, I would love Jack Anderson's newspaper column. I couldn't wait for the next one to come out. I, I The first subscription I ever had personally myself was the New York Times because I was proud as a journalist, you know, to read it. And back in those days, you got real news. It isn't just the MSNBCs of the world that are distorting this. Give us some examples in big name newspapers, big name networks, where you found the reporting to be completely off, um, not only off balance, but off fact.
1: Uh, well, you know, um, you know, the New York Times was responsible for you know claiming that that Trump had won a praise from governors in exchange for federal assistance, and they were also responsible the false claim that the trump had told governors that they were on their own and getting medical medical equipment and uh, you know once once the New York Times reports something everyone else kind of follows suit sure and so you get so you get everybody talking about it uh, you know there was another story about you know you know Trump said that Google was working on a national website to you know for helping people find you know testing uh, nationwide and the media just jumped on that claiming that it was false And, uh, you know, eventually, you know, Google had to come in and say, this is true, we're actually (laughs) doing this. Uh, But you got, uh, but even after that, even after they came, came out and said that, you know, this is this is legit. You know, you had a New York Times editorial board member accusing Google of covering up for Trump.
0: Yeah cancel culture at its best right now. I mean, the bullyism, I, we, we've seen this. You mentioned uh, the MSNBC. I actually wrote about this myself personally on our site, Just the News. Uh, you got the MSNBC uh, reporter saying it's all about uh, ratings. You have Barry Weiss saying it's all about Twitter clicks. Um, is, is it the business model alone that's distorting it, or do we have a generation of journalists who now are less concerned about the process and more concerned about the outcome?
1: You know, I mean I honestly think that it, a lot of it has to do with uh, this is what people want. People when when they when they decide where they're going to get their news from, they want to be told what they want to hear. And I think that the media is responding to this, uh, Mm. unfortunately, uh, because that—that's you know, money drives everything. They need the ratings. They need these people. They don't want to offend their audience by telling them something that they that they don't want to hear. And you know, for most of the mainstream media, which is very liberal, they want to hear Trump is to blame. It's all Trump's fault. And you're going to die because Trump is going to kill you.
0: Yeah, and and uh, it's 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 really remarkable. The. when you look at these coronavirus press conferences, handicap what's going on in the room. I mean, first off, I'm just shocked that there are reporters that sit in their chair when they ask a question of the, of the president. They don't even rise the way that you know I was taught when I worked at the AP. If you're going to ask the president a question, you get out of your chair, you stand out of attention. You're not, it isn't because you're saluting the man. It's because you're, you're recognizing, the, uh, respecting the office. But you have these reporters sitting in the chairs asking questions of the president. Uh, How do you handicap how the White House briefing, particularly as it relates to coronavirus, uh, what, what does it become? Is it an information gathering exercise or a political exercise?
1: Uh, you know, when I've watched those, uh, you know, all I see is a bunch of reporters that think they've got the best gotcha question that they can that they can throw at him, and uh, we just see it time and time again. And it, it's getting kind of exhausting because it they're they're trying to create a narrative. They're not trying to get the information. The science doesn't matter. The facts don't matter. It's the narrative. Yeah. And 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 this this is what journalism. Uh, I say that in, in air quotes uh, is about now. It's it's not <laughs> about the facts and in letting the people decide it's it's about presenting a narrative for, for, for their audience mm. and uh you know in, in many ways it was kind of nice when the when the press briefings uh, of the task force uh, kind of paused uh but i also do think that now more than ever we probably need them back because we need we need trump in the white house to to get information out there that's not getting reported
0: yeah well, listen, I, I, I've i been saying this, and this is the first time I'm going to say it publicly on this podcast, but I, I, I've been working behind the scenes. It is time for President Trump, for Kaylee McEnany, for Mark Meadows, or Jared Kushner, those in the White House who have the ability to make this decision, it's time to create a second White House press poll to create competition. WACA has had a monopoly, the WHCA has had a monopoly on that room and, uh, uh, for so long. And, and just like we see elsewhere in the social media, there's just a lot of, um, I don't know what the word is here, uh, censorship going on by the way they conduct these briefings. They don't ask the people's questions anymore. They ask their own uh, uh, grandstanding questions, and and the the briefings don't really elicit the sort of information that we would get when Marlon Fitzwater would, would tangle with Sam Donaldson at the Reagan or Bush briefings. At least they may have been Uh, They may have been confrontational, but at least you got news. At least you were asking the people's questions. And today, all you get is political effect. And I I think it's time, uh, I'll say this publicly for the first time, I almost never express an opinion, but since it's a professional opinion about the state of the news media, it is time for this White House to create... A, a pool. Listen, America always thrives when there's competition. has had no competition. And in the middle of a coronavirus, in the middle of an economic crisis, in the middle of, you know, we'll be facing other challenges, it'd be nice if there were some reporters that were actually interested in the facts and the news of the day. And uh, I hope uh, that people read your book and come out and say, that's why we need to change this, uh, uh, this monopoly on thought that the White House Correspondents Association has put at the White House. It's, you know, it's one thing to ask tough questions. I'm all for that but it's not about asking tough questions it's about asking political gotchas and ignoring the news of the day and um, i think that your book makes the best case of anything i've read in the last 10 years why we need some competition in the news media and starting with the white house briefing where if done right you can break some real news every day get the american people what they need to know instead we get a lot of uh, a lot of uh, late night comedy skits out of the, out of it it's terrible
1: right we we got the white house wasting a lot of time trying to Get information out there that the media doesn't want to report, right. and 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 they shouldn't be wasting time doing that. You know, I mean, we we've seen several times the the White House uh, putting out these montages of. Of old coronavirus reporting, where they were downplaying the virus right after they had been accusing Trump of downplaying the virus, that shouldn't be necessary. This is this is not what the media is supposed to be. They're supposed to be giving us the facts instead of trying to uh, present uh, bogus narratives because they don't like the president.
0: Yeah, listen, if the president does something wrong and it's factually true, we should write about it. We're, we're not. No, oh, absolutely.
1: But I mean, he is his own worst enemy most of the time when he says things that you know, aren't aren't completely correct or or, or maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, triggering for some people, sure. but uh, for the most part, uh, you know, he's been trying to do his job, and, and the media doesn't want to let him do that.
0: Yeah, there's no benefit of doubt. Uh, in fact, there's really the the benefit of um, the propaganda. I mean, almost every episode is is taken to an extreme. That you know, a person who's watching it, I mean. When I went to journalism school, uh, I had a professor who said something, you know, anyone can have accurate facts. Uh, The question is, did you precisely capture what happened? If someone walked in the room and watched it independent of your writing, would they say, yeah, he or she got it right? That's exactly what happened in the room. And so many times... I'll talk to someone uh, who watched a briefing because, you know, a lot, millions of people love these briefings. They love when and the president comes out and gives a, a briefing. And they're like, I just read all the stories and nothing of that happened. The, 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 it doesn't look like what happened in the briefing. That's how far journalism has gotten astray. You, you've done an incredible job. And, folks, if you have not bought this book, do it this weekend. Re- make it your weekend reading while you're cleaning up from the— from the uh, storms up northeast or from the hot <laughs> weather in the southwest. This is must reading. It's my new favorite book. And I have my own book out. And I, I just love this book. It's fantastic. Airborne, How the Liberal Media Weaponized the Coronavirus Against Donald Trump. Get it. And uh, I love it because it lays out in raw factual detail Irrefutable evidence that the media has misreported time and time again what's going on in the Trump White House on coronavirus. Now you you've you've diagnosed the patient so well in this book. Now I'm not all the way through it, so you may have a prescription at the end. But if you're prescribing how we fix this beast, the media, how we get over Trump syndrome in the media, uh, what are the things that need to happen going forward to get a more honest account from our news media, to get a more neutral? Merely all we're asking for is honesty and neutrality, right? Leave your opinion at the door. But how do you fix it when they're so far down this rabbit hole?
1: You know, it's a very good question. Uh, You know, I I think that, uh, you know, the the answer is telling them like it is, that if they can get it faster through other means, try it.
0: It is. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just remarkable. And that's you know, the, the good. And the You just captured the good and the bad of Twitter, right? Which on Twitter, you can link through and give people transparency. But also because Twitter is really a, a universe that lives in only 149 <laughs> characters. Uh, you can deceive people with these shorthanded phraseologies and uh, your uh, analysis. I don't want to call it a takedown because you're just being factual. Your analysis of how Mara Gay created that firestorm is so remarkable And just one of the many great revelations in this book. Folks, if you haven't downloaded it, I'm telling you, you want to get this book. This is my new favorite book. I'm finishing it up this weekend. Um, uh, While I'm hanging out with family, I'm going to read the rest of it this weekend. But it's a must-read book because it's not only a story about coronavirus misinformation, it's a story about how our news media has become so politically uh, involved and have have strayed from the, the traditional role we've had as neutral arbiters of the truth, new, new th- neutral fact providers. Um, uh, There's just an extraordinary opportunity here to understand the art of deception that these news media organizations have begun to use in the era of Trump. Matt, I want to thank you for your time. Um, uh, Tell folks, uh, we're selling it on the uh, Just the News. If you go to jtnshop.com, Just the News, our official store, we've got Matt's book there. We hope you grab it there. Tell us all the other ways that people can get this great book and get it in their Kindle or get it in their mailbox as quickly as possible.
1: Well, you know, I think uh, the best place for people to go is either, you know, through your website and click there. You know, it it, it is on Amazon, Uh, you know, as an e-book and paperback. uh, I definitely recommend uh, reading it. And, you know, of course, uh, the media hasn't stopped lying, so uh, I think it's important to also... uh, Tune into you know yeah. my art. My articles. I'm I'm always writing about uh, the the latest uh, whoppers that the, the media is talking about uh, with regard to the coronavirus, and uh, you know I think it's important for you to understand this is all about trying to influence the the upcoming election. And uh, this is why this is an important book for people to read to understand just how far the media is going in in, uh, deceiving the the public.
0: Well, the the factual predicate for what you've done, you you take real stories and then you you give people the real facts that are omitted or twisted in these stories. That's great journalism. And I want to thank you for uh, the effort you put in. I know this wasn't easy to write in the middle of the pandemic because history is unfolding (laughs) while you're writing it. Uh, But for me, it was a very important read. And it's part of the introspection that I think the American public has to begin to examine our news media with. um, A very noble profession has gone very much off the rails and I think you've done a good job in a a living history because this is still going on even as your book comes out in capturing what's wrong and I hope you and I and others who who share these concerns can find a way to tug our profession back to the middle where facts matter and and political outcomes shouldn't. And uh, I want to thank you again, folks. Get this book; it's on my it's on my Kindle right now. You should get it too. Airborne: How the Liberal Media Weaponized the Coronavirus Against Donald Trump. It's by Matt Margolis, who's been kind enough to spend the time with us here today. Get it. Put it on your shelf. Read it. It is an unbelievable book. You'll uh, you'll agree with so much of what Matt. Uh, writes because he backs it up with facts. How about that? Something novel in today's journalism profession. Facts. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Well, Matt, thank you for the time. We're looking forward to uh, wish you success with the book. We look forward to having you on uh, on the podcast going forward, because I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to talk about with coronavirus and the media all the way up to Election Day. So thank you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, folks, when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to wrap things up. I hope you've enjoyed this great interview with Matt Margolis. Right, folks, that wraps up the Monday special edition of John Solomon Reports. We're going to do this more often as guests come on. We're getting a lot more opportunities as the podcast gets more popular for people to come on. So we may do more special editions. I always try to make it worth your while. We won't We won't try to pick a clunker for you. We'll do a special edition when we've got a great guest who has something addition to offer on top of the, the podcast we do every Tuesday and Thursday. I think you can see why we had Matt Margolis on the show today why we recommend his book and help selling his book on our very own uh, store, Uh, jtnshop.com. There's a day of reckoning coming ahead for the American news media. Uh, It may come in the form of financial uh, withdrawal by people who are tired of being misled by the media, but we're getting to a point now where the record of accuracy, honesty, and more importantly, neutrality, is so broken in the industry. And I think Matt Margolis told you why today, there are some pretty uh, inaccurate accounts of what happened in the coronavirus, uh, delivered by some of the biggest names and brands in journalism. And that's why we did this special edition. So you can hear directly from him. You can read his book. You can make up your own mind. I'm not trying to make up your mind. You make up your own. You're way smarter than me anyways. But that's why we had this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow we'll be back with our regular programming for the first time in 4 or 5 days. We'll have another great guest and we'll be talking about the breaking headlines on just the news. Until then, stay in touch. Follow us on Jay Solomon Reports on Twitter. Follow justthenews.com. Uh, of course, you can go back and listen to all the episodes of John Solomon Reports the podcast. Thank you for your support and we'll be back in touch with you tomorrow.